Hello and welcome back to another episode of Rear Winging It, the F1 podcast. I'm your host, Harry McKay, and I'm joined by my fellow co-host, Ellie Ledwell. Uh, it's good to be back, Ellie, but I'm, I'm quite sad because this is the last race of the season. It is sad times indeed. I just, I feel like it's only just started. I mean, the year has flown by. I mean, we did we did miss a few in the middle. <laughs> we don't talk about that. <laughs> but it has gone quite true. quickly, yeah. Yeah. I'm still enraged about last year. <laughs> <laughs> Some of us moved on. Some of us didn't. Some of us are still in therapy thought for. Uh, yeah. Ted Kravitz is on your side. 100%. Um, so Abu Dhabi, obviously the last race of the season every, every year now. Um, first thoughts, how did you find it? I quite like the track, to be honest. I always find it, it's a nice conclusion. Yeah. There's always a lot of famous people Brundle doesn't recognise on the grid, which <laughs> yeah. is one of the highlights always. So I like that it is, I do, I'm used to it being the last one of the season. I quite like it being the last one of the season, but I did find this race a bit boring. Um, yeah, I like the track as well. I think it's a, I think it's a good track. I mean, it was all right. Um, I do like the... It, as a conclusion, I think it's okay. It's always a good atmosphere. As you said, lots of lots of famous people, which is not, you know, sometimes it annoys me. But for a last track, it's it's fine. Um, it's always it's always, you know, can be a bit dull. Um, obviously, you got the two big straights. Um, I think we we should talk about DRS and how we thought that was over the season because mm. um, I think here it did show a bit. Um, on the straights, you would just rocket past people often. Um, so I think maybe that should be toned down a bit. Yeah, I think um, because you can follow so much easier this year, we've spoken about it before, like, it gives you too much of an advantage yeah. when you can't, you get past a car and not before you'd be able to pull a second clear within a lap, you see the cars like hanging on longer and there's more yeah. DRS trains. And I do think the effects of DRS have been too powerful this mm. year. Yeah, it's like it. I mean, it was kind of to be expected, I suppose, because you didn't really know how the cars were going to act. But now they've got a better idea. Just just turning it down a little bit, see, seeing what that would do. Because obviously, I suppose the aim is to get rid of it completely eventually. But um, for now, tone it down a bit. Um, and it wasn't the most exciting race of this season. No, especially um, coming off the high of Brazil last week. Yeah, it felt a bit... Yeah. Oh, if only that had been the conclusion. Yeah, it would have been a lot better. Um I think there's people out there who want it to be the last track who not so much a yeah. fan of Abu Dhabi, but it was an extra race. It was fine. Um, there was a few, few uh, I was going to say thrilling, but maybe not thrilling, but um, exciting chases of, of um, constructors battles going on. Yeah, we had our eye on a few different people and a few different points. And there was a few movements, movers, a few movers yeah. and shakers on the last day. So that's always interesting keeps yeah, it alive midfield battles and battle for second place yeah um, especially when max and rebel wrapped up the main two prizes what seemingly forever ago it, yeah, it yeah, you know yeah. it, it gives you something else to look out for um so obviously qualifying we had um uh, we had hints of maybe mercedes what didn't have quite as fast as they were um in practice and uh, in brazil in practice they were a bit slower um, and then their speed never really came back for them, did they? No, in, in, in some races, they've just had not much speed on the qualifying because they've struggled getting their tyres up to temperature and yeah. getting them working for them. And sometimes in the races, they have better luck. But it has seemed like they've not qualified as well this year, whereas the Ferrari seem to have qualified better and not done as well in the races. Mm. Mercedes seem to have maybe been a bit 
the other way around. Obviously, Mercedes didn't do very well at all in the season in compared to their usual high standards, but they just couldn't seem to get it going. No, I mean, Leclerc has quite a lot of poles, I yeah. mean, this season. And if you compare that to his race wins, I mean, it's it's awful. I mean, he for a multitude of reasons, he's fallen away. Um, whereas the Mercedes, yeah, seem to have gained their points through the races and, and coming back. So, I mean, at the end of the day, it's Sunday that wins you the points, so I think you'd rather have that. Not all the time, though, Harry, because obviously <laughs> oh, yeah. you can get eight points for winning a sprint race these days. God damn it. It really has changed that saying, hasn't it? <laughs> um, so, yeah, we ended up with a Red Bull 1-2. Um, no one could touch Max. He was no, he just was ahead of the field at every, gallivanting. every opportunity. Um, Ferrari three and four, um, and the Mercedes five and six. So quite, quite a, you know, expected, I suppose, but yeah, they were um, going into the arc like that, weren't they? Two two by two. two. Um, and then you had, uh, Lando Norris, uh, as well. Seventh, just out of position as always, I suppose. As always, especially when you compare Daniel coming in at 13th, his, his, the dominance that Lando has exerted over Daniel Ricciardo this season's been incredible in terms of qualifying and in the race as well. Like the yeah. points difference in the championship is is insane. So yeah, I mean they had their battle with um, Alpine going on, um, and I mean I like Alonso Ocon not so much, but I, I, I was really kind of rooting for their cars to just break down. <laughs> and when Alonso did, I felt really guilty. I just thought, oh my god, that's my fault. Um, wishing ill of a two-time world champion. <laughs> well, that's, I felt really bad, but it didn't. It didn't matter in the end. the The points gap was too big for them. But um, yeah, Ricardo, he did have a, a three-place penalty from last race. Yeah, which I'm still adamantly against. Uh, I think it's too harsh. I think um, it was. It was too harsh in the opening lap. Things happen, and yeah, it's three just... three places was a lot. It's a, it's. Yeah, and it just feels like a you're just kicking a man when he's down, you know? <laughs> Is this um, his last race? They didn't need it. They didn't need it for... No. Um, should we get on to the race breakdown? Let's do it. Um, so, race starts. Um, Checo actually has a, a better get getaway off the line, um, but Max... He's he, he's unbeatable at this point. I think <laughs> he just he still sails away into into the lead, and doesn't really move from there. Um, Hamilton does get past signs uh, at turn one. Um, Leclerc tries to overtake on Perez at turn five. I thought that was quite bold. I I I don't think he was ever gonna. No, it didn't. Get it didn't. The position. It didn't seem like it. No. Um, and then it put him on the back foot. Um, and he was then under threat from behind. Yeah, um, from from Hamilton. Yeah, behind. from Hamilton. So um, obviously he was uh, he was alright because Hamilton goes over the sausage curb. Um, and he was and he was in the air. He really flew. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know drivers have talked about sausage curbs in the past and how they don't really like them. They are dangerous. Um, and this did just seem another reason of you know if you're penalising for track limits, they know they shouldn't go off. So yeah. it does seem like it's there just to to break the cars really and especially how low the floor is this year and how big the floor is this Mm. year it does seem like of course it's going to cause damage of course it's going to cause injury of course it's going to cause crashes when someone's going airborne in a car that's two meters by five meters massive um 
And uh, I mean, the team for quite a while was saying there was nothing wrong with the car. Um, Hamilton was adamant it, there was. Um, his pace after this just didn't stack up to Russell, um, at least for the first stint. So it's possible there was some damage. Um, yeah, he was it losing. Seems likely um, a few tenths yeah, a lap, so compared quite to, considerable. to the others. So um, he obviously then did have a, a resurgent second half. We'll get to, but. Um, he then uh, he then has to give up the place because he he went off the track as well. So, which I, I found kind of interesting because he did have to give it back. Yeah, they came on the team radio and they said that the FIA they said race control are telling them to mm. give the place back, but they normally let the team squabble it out. And then, as we saw in the last race or maybe the one before, I can't remember. Um, Ocon was it? He got a five second penalty. Yeah, but. I, or maybe it was Gasly, I can't remember. They said, oh, it was worth it because I earned more than five seconds on the road, so yeah. it was worth not giving that place back. So maybe this is a reaction to that. But yeah, the the official stance this season has been let the teams work it out amongst themselves and then if they don't do it right, penalise them. Um, which is an odd, slightly odd, I think. Yes. Because, again, like, you know, they might do what you said about last time of just thinking, oh, the penalty's worth it. I'm not going not gonna to give the place back. Um, and then obviously it means less if they are faster and they have to give the place back it means we get to see less racing because then they're not attacking again so yeah. um, I, I'm glad they I'm glad they got involved there but again it's they need to clear that up whether they're going to or whether they're going to leave it to the teams um, so Hamilton then does get signs uh, out of turn 8 and George regains P6 which he lost to Norris um, for a second there Norris uh, he always gets good starts he's always um, sort of attacking off the line, but the car just doesn't seem to have the pace. No, definitely not. And I think George, he was in the faster car and he, he shouldn't have lost the position no, to begin with. No, I think yeah. normally when there's just a lot of people going into one corner, things happen. Yeah, sometimes yeah. Sometimes you fall out of your position. I was surprised it took until lap five, though, to, to get back past. I thought he would make it a bit quicker. Yeah, yeah. For a second there, I thought, especially with Hamilton going slower, you know, it was, or maybe the the Mercedes really don't have speed here, but um, he did get past eventually. Did take him much longer than it should have, but um, so lap nine, Hamilton's still complaining about losing power. Um, doesn't think his car is is totally working. Yeah, he can't change um, gear. Right, his he gets his stuck yes. in seventh. Oh no, was that later? Oh, that, on? Was later on, yeah. Yeah, that was later but on. Yeah, but he he was losing power, and it was quite evident because everyone just started. Swarming past him, it seemed. I guess yeah. they told him some buttons to press on the steering wheel and got it sorted. But um, so Sainz uh, gets past Russell. Um, Hamilton. Oh yeah, sorry, Hamilton. Sorry. Um, and then uh, Ocon and Vettel have a little scrap at turn nine. Um, Ocon stays in front. Uh, Vettel was Vettel was really pushing. Yeah. Um, especially in that first stint, um, his last race, um, which is. You know, it's very sad. Uh, he's been there for quite a while, and he's one of the last of these old guard now. Um, but I think it was a it was a good final race um, on his side. I think he drove fantastic. I think he gave a good show, because obviously yeah. when he was at Ferrari, he had a few years where he wasn't racing to his best. Yeah. And I feel like it, it was a good send-off to be like, I never lost it. Yeah. I was always... Yeah there and thereabouts but four-time world champion it's always sad to see someone like that go someone who's respected so much especially yeah. off the track yeah he's done a lot for um 
getting other issues involved with Formula One. Um, I know he's he's been a great steward for the for the other drivers and in contact with the FIA, um, as well as um, social issues um, and issues about money and the, the FIA, the environment. Um, so it's sad to see him go, but I, I like that he was was pushing the handing over the bat on to the younger drivers. Yeah. Um, uh, Alonso then joins Ocon and Vettel uh, in that battle for P8. Um, I did think when you have Alonso and Ocon in a battle together, that it doesn't always end with all the no. all parties involved finishing the race. So I was a bit worried that Vettel was going to get caught in the middle. <laughs> this was the point where I was like, leave Vettel alone, take each other out. That, this is where it really came from, though, just please. Um, then I saw where Daniel Ricciardo was on track and I thought, well, it's never going to happen. <laughs> so... Um, they they didn't come together, Alonso and Ocon. Um, and I know we're talking about last race, uh, Alonso and them having a bit of um, tension, and uh, Alonso being like, just one more race, get it over with. Um, for a last race uh, together, they you know they kept it civil on track. I think the team had definitely reinforced that. I think the team was saying to them, it's one more race, yeah. keep it nice and clean, we need the points. Yeah, just any points and you're pretty much you're 19 pretty much points seemed insurmountable anyway for McLaren, yeah. but it also doesn't... Imagine losing yeah. that, like, have a million pounds, 10 million pounds, yeah. say, because your drivers... Yeah, couldn't keep it together for one more race. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, lap 13, the pit window opens. Um, Stroll pits first for hard tyres. Um, it seemed like the hard tyres uh, were a fairly solid tyre. Most drivers uh, used them. Yeah, they they were um, they were quite effective, especially I think the Mercedes, when they went onto them, they did actually manage to, to handle that compound yeah. quite well, which is something we've seen all year. The Mercedes looked the best it looks really on the hard compound. Mm. But I guess um, lap 13, that's quite early for the pit window to open. So yeah. people were... Who people who were pitting them were definitely looking at a two-stop yeah. strategy. Yeah. I think before the race started, there was a bit of uncertainty, um, and then the degradation did seem a little bit higher than they expected. So it was a two-stop strategy for most of them. Um, some of the t- some teams, especially um, uh, Verstappen and the Clerk, sort of made that decision even later to then go on to the, the one-stop strategy. Um, some, I think only Magnussen started on soft tyres um, and they didn't seem uh, yeah, very effective. They didn't work out that well. I think he started off like 17th, was yeah. it? And he didn't really manage to climb um, 16th. Sorry, he started 16th and he didn't really manage to climb anywhere no. in that opening In fact, by the stint. even the you know pit stops that are around this window, he was then starting to lose places. The tyres yeah. really fell off, so... I don't think that was uh, the right strategy, and it was only him that did it. So it seemed like the teams agreed. Um, we then had uh, two laps later, Ocon, Yuki, Schumacher, and Gasly all pit for the hards. So it seemed like uh, they had a little bit of data um, from Stroll, and the hard tyres was pretty much where it was going at. Um, again, these guys were the the two two-stop people. Yeah, people who had committed, I think, to the two-stop, people yeah. whose tyres were falling off, because otherwise you'd want to push your first stint a bit longer out of 58 laps. Pitting that early in is, is um, telling. Um, Perez then comes in for the hard tyres. Um, again, seemingly uh, came in before Verstappen, who had the lead of the race. Um, 
and maybe suggesting they were going to uh, split the strategy at this point, um, or at least give Verstappen a bit longer to see how uh, Perez was performing on the hards. I guess maybe they were trying to undercut with Leclerc mm. um, to put Perez on the front foot, because obviously that's yeah. where the battle of yeah. the day really, where people's eyes were focused on. Um, Russell and Norris came in as well. Um, Russell had a slow stop. I think it was about 5.2 seconds. I 5.8. Or maybe 5.8, yeah. It was it around was five seconds, so it was really long. Um, and he had a dangerous release uh, into Lando's path. Um, again, they really just were not looking at where they were going. Um, so, yeah, this was quite an open and shut, uh, dangerous, dangerous stop. Yeah, I um, guess when they were l- looking at the pit window, they had predicted it as a three-second stop yeah. and... They weren't imagining anyone no. else was going to be in their way, but... Obviously, they should be looking. It did cost Norris time as well, because he had to slam on his brakes, and his brakes yeah. were smoking yeah, <laughs> when yeah. he went for his in, in his box. Yeah, that was a shame. Um, and then uh, Russell got a five-second penalty for that, which was, I think, pretty justified. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it was dangerous, and there are people there, you know, we've seen incidents before with um, the pit crew, and I think it is very important. Yeah. Just to, just to really hammer home that you know, they need to be extra careful, and it's worth taking an extra second to look around and make sure you're, you're free to go. Yeah. Um, and I think when they got back out on track and this penalty came through, um, they were saying we'll take this at the next pit stop. So they were pretty much set on um, a two stop, um, which makes sense considering when uh, when they pitted. Yeah, lap sixteen was probably too early to go, even on the hard compound. Yeah. Um, so lap 18, signs pits and emerges in front of Russell. Um, so that worked for him, the overcut, um, helped by, obviously, Russell. The slow pit and then yeah. the unsafe yeah. um, release, obviously, that caused them caused to... Caused even s- more time. Yeah. yeah. So um, that was maybe... More, I can't quite remember the, the gap there, but that was maybe more luck rather than strategy for them. Um, maybe, yeah. But you need luck in F1, so Definitely. he came out in front. Um, uh, Leclerc then pits lap 21... Um, comes out third on the road. Um, so this was his his first stop. Um, he's behind uh, Perez uh, and Verstappen. So no change there. Um, he what he did pit obviously later than Perez by five laps. Um, so that becomes quite important later on. He had a little bit more leeway than the um, some of the other drivers, but not not a huge amount. He obviously no. still has quite a long way to go on those tires. Yeah, yeah. You're still looking at four, th- nearly 40 laps, yeah, aren't you? So yeah. that's a long time to go. But five laps in tyre age is quite a lot. That can yeah. be a few tenths or, or so. Or maybe, you know, that's the difference between someone catching you and someone not. Yeah. And as it turned out to be. Um, so Vettel, meanwhile, lap 26, finally pits for the first time, drops to P19. Um, he obviously was quite up, uh, worked his way up the field quite a lot. A lot of that because of the pit stops around him. Yes. Um, he was not happy with this strategy, staying out so long. He wasn't happy. He was saying that he felt like a sitting duck, Mm. but he was also encouraging the team to push long, to try Mm. and go for a long stint, because I think they knew their battle wasn't with the, the top six and even really the McLarens yeah. going yeah. and the Alpines, their battle was further back um, with the Alphas. So yeah. I guess 
he he wasn't happy to be a sitting duck and to be overtaken so easily but i think he was also yeah, he still, had his head screwed on yeah, and he knew the yeah. best strategy for them at that point was to push long mm. and try and get the most out of that first set of tires um this is when my my press uh, came true although i did feel bad lap 28 alonso retiring with a suspected water leak um the water leak i, I think is this is the fourth or fifth time that's been the suspected cause yeah it's been the party line yeah it's been sad to see Alonso go out um, not able to finish his season the way he would have wanted and he's moving on to a new team so maybe a fresh start for him next year yeah and I think that must be part of it because it must be so frustrating you know 41 years of age and still driving like a madman you know he's still got that spark and that talent but your car just falls away under you over and over again through no fault of your own I mean we we talked about I think um, Alonso uh, and Ocon their points difference and Ocon finishing ahead of him um, a few times uh, in the past but I think a lot of that is due to just really really being unlucky yeah because um, there's not a massive difference I think there's 10 points between them yeah which isn't huge especially if one of them were to finish well, that's one race. One race where um, someone's had an issue yeah. or someone's crashed out or someone's been hit. You know, that yeah, yeah. It was really maybe one or two finishes that he was lacking. And I think that, yeah, that's not necessarily his fault. Um, yeah, especially because some of these, these uh, retirements have come from him being firmly in the points and, you know, looking like he would finish in the points. So... Um, just just a lot, a lot more unluckiness for uh, Alonso. Um, I think he's used to it by now. Um, so lap 34, Perez pits again, uh, attempting to undercut uh, Leclerc, um, stay ahead. Um, I think this this seemed like the, the right strategy. Obviously, he, he needed another set of tyres, I think. Um, I don't think he would have got to the end um, because he pitted earlier. Um, but Ferrari take the decision not to pit Leclerc. Yeah, I think that it was important for Ferrari to to do something different. Yeah, because they didn't seem to have the same pace on track yeah. in a straight line. Obviously, we know the the Red Bull's been very quick this year, and it's a it's a track with some long straights, so it does bode well for the Red Bull car. You just thought if he does catch him, he will pass him with some ease. So it didn't seem wise to to put them on the same strategy. It Mm. seemed wise to to differentiate. Yeah. Um, It was definitely a gamble, but I think it was the the smart thing to do. Um, And I think Leclerc was uh, maybe uh, had some some private chats with his team about strategy and um, they definitely paid off. Uh, this race, whether that's luck or whether that's um, <laughs> they actually knew what they were doing, is you know, as Ferrari, you can never tell. But they've not had the best track record this season. Yeah. <laughs> to to finish on a high, probably has saved somebody's job. Definitely, um, but maybe not Matteo Bonotti. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> um, so lap forty, uh, Schumacher tags Latifi at turn five. Um, they both spin, but um, managed to stay on track. It was the most beautiful collision I think I've ever seen. Yeah, I think you said it was uh, synchronized uh, driving, synchronized crashing. They both sort of 
turned at the same time. It was it was lovely. And in slow motion, you could just mm. imagine some nice violin yeah, music. Yeah. It was it was it was incredible. <laughs> it was a really <laughs> small tap that just yeah they both just spun did the around. exact same thing. Um, uh, that ended up with Mick getting a five second penalty. I mean, I, I, I suppose that's fair. Really, I think it was he did cause a collision. It wasn't yeah. a very bad collision, but it did cause them both to spin. Yeah. Um, and then that same lap, Russell then pits for mediums. Um, I will just say about the the Schumacher and Latifi. Obviously, both for those drivers not being on the grid next year. Um, I think obviously Latifi again. We've we've made our views quite clear. Lovely guy. Gotifi. Yeah, yeah, Gotifi. He's too good. He's too good for Formula One. Um, and I'm glad he's risen above the sport. Um, Schumacher is a bit of a shame, but I think he just hasn't quite shown, you know, that, that upper level of skill maybe to stay. Yeah, but... he hasn't shown enough to earn his seat, but yeah. it is surprising considering he, he brings in a lot of sponsorship yeah, yeah. for the team and has seemed to be quite a money-orientated team. They need the money to to function they're not big hitters in the yeah. championship but they need the points and they need the money and a good way to get in money is by sponsorship yeah um so it does seem a bit strange to let a young 20 odd year old go and not keep them on but we'll see where he ends up next year whose team who is supporting next yeah. year because there's yeah. rumors obviously of him turning up at Mercedes to be their reserve driver. So yeah, I think um, I think maybe um, Toto said some sort of comments of um, uh, Schumacher uh, belongs to Mercedes. I think um, he's at the Schumacher family. Yeah, Schumacher family belongs to Mercedes. The Mercedes see some sort of duty of care yeah. towards the family, yeah. and they they obviously want whatever's best yeah. for Mick which is quite surprising nice, as a I Ferrari yeah. development driver yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ferrari owned um, driver that they want maybe under their wing I don't know yeah um, I like the the slight language difference there um, of like he he belongs to us not he belongs with us <laughs> um, it's a very uh, strong stance um, but it's nice that he possibly has a way to stay within the world of F1 or, or possibly even back on the track because um, I think if you look at it objectively, I think it, you know, he's had two seasons. It makes sense. But then there are drivers who have stayed on the track a lot longer and don't necessarily deserve that as well. So, yeah, you know, Mick deserves to be there more than Latifi, for example. And he's been there yes, for a lot I longer. Agree. Or Stroll. Or Stroll even, yeah. yeah Stroll, I mean, Stroll has moments of, of good driving and, and good results, but... He's been a bit quiet this season. I yeah. don't feel like I've seen that much that's impressed me, no, especially second no. half of the season. I feel yeah. they've not really had a good car, but he's not been pushing on in the constructors in the same... Um, Sebastian Vettel ended on 37, Lance on 18. So, you know, he was outperformed by yeah. his yeah, it's quite a difference teammate. Well, like 100% yeah. more points, yeah. so... Um, and I think the I think the qualifying they were a bit closer, or maybe even Stroll was ahead um, on the on the head to head qualifying, um, just over the season. Um, but yeah, just when it came to racing, um, you know he he can't compete with Vettel, so that's that's fair enough. Um, lap forty five, Perez and Hamilton are battling for that final podium uh, place. Hamilton um, 
was did not want to be left out on a one stop. Um, no, he, he was made that quite moaning. Clear. He was saying he wanted to come in, but the team were telling him yeah. he didn't really have enough time to no. come in, get the new tires, and then the problem work was his way. he was fourth place and battling for that. Uh, or was it third place? Battling for no, I think it was fourth, fourth place. He yeah, they're they battling for fourth. Um, uh, with Perez coming up behind him. Um, and if he lost that place, he would be fifth. Worst case scenario was Russell takes him in and he's in sixth. Um, if he pitted, he would have been sixth anyway, and then trying to go past Russell and then Perez. Like, I just, I think it was the right call. Because um, his sort of worst case scenario staying out was not far off his best case scenario of pitting. Yeah, no, it didn't seem like either way. I don't think... Um... He was going to have the pace in the No, it was a bit of a lose-lose, really. Um, but I think that gave him the best shot, and I think that that's where the team had more information, knew more, and and sometimes Hamilton makes good strategy calls from the car, but sometimes there's stuff the driver doesn't know or, or can't, can't Yeah, know. you can only see your part of the track. You have no idea what's happening yeah. on the other side of it. No, and in the end, it did not matter because Hamilton stuck in seventh gear, um, the car for the first time, broke down. Um, I know you have quite a strong claim uh, about the W13. Yeah, so on lap 56, Hamilton retires, which is the first mechanical failure for the W13. So with two laps left of the season, so they nearly Mm. made it the whole way through that mechanical failure, but two laps left of the season, they had one. So out of 22 races, two drivers, so 44 times that car's been out it's had one mechanical failure which i believe that it might make it the most reliable formula one car in the history of formula one i can't think of anything but i i don't know yeah to go, to go a whole season and not break down is quite impressive but i'm sh- there might be there might be a car that has not broken down at all there probably is but at some point i suppose because there's more races i think just by yeah races that it can't it kind of has to be right and there's more out now in the desert you know yeah before there used to never be one in all of these sketchy Extreme countries shall we say yeah. but now we're in the desert half the time half the year <laughs> we're yeah. in the desert so yeah. the heat isn't something that the other cars maybe had to deal with as much and I know that the cars overheat mm. and they don't like 40 degree heat. No, it's funny. So maybe... Uh, I would have to leave Cato when it was 40 degrees heat. <laughs> Everyone just migrated out because it was too hot. So I think that there probably is on the balance of how far that car went, the conditions that it was put through. Um, I don't think that they'll they'll want it to be known as that because I don't think they want to really remember it. No. They are putting it on display in their factory as a reminder. <laughs> a of, reminder of their lowly lows. I think to like inspire them on because they have all their championship winning cars. It, it is quite there. funny that this is, you know, if you, you know, Hamilton said he never wants to drive this thing again. He never wants to see this car again. The team is destroyed. Like they're all, oh, and they're still third in the constructors. Yeah. Um, you know, they didn't get any wins. They had some podiums. Like, I mean, it's still did, a solid. They did get a win. 
Oh yeah, sorry, Russell got his win. Sorry, Hamilton didn't get his win. Yeah, so they got a win. They you know had quite a lot of podiums, third in the constructors. I mean, a lot of every other team would kill for that, really. You know, fourth place down. And especially they weren't down and out in terms of they could have come second in the constructors yeah, as yeah. well. That's the thing; they were battling for second. Um, so I think just when you've had the dominance that you've had, it's going to gonna feel like have a car that's so different from everyone else's and porpoises more or handles worse and you can't figure it out when you start from z and everyone starts from a it's harder to meet yeah to meet them yeah definitely um so perez meanwhile is is chasing down the clerk um he's uh, taken off about a second a lap um and on the last lap he has just under two seconds, yes. I think. Um, and obviously the, the commentators are, uh, are trying to make this a grandstand finish, but I, that was just a little bit insurmountable unless there was a big mistake from the clerk. Yeah, um, when Red Bull come on the radio and they said striking distance will be, like, you'll catch up to him mm. in the last lap, you'll be able to overtake him in the last lap, but he never really managed to put in the lap times, I know there were back markers in the way, yeah. so maybe they. Caused I think. I mean, he was within a. It was just a. He needed a second, really, didn't he? Yeah. I think a lap or two more, so it's possible. Um, I know the back markers did hold him up. I don't know how much they impacted Leclerc. We didn't see yeah. that because um, he would have obviously had to get through as well. But um, I think, obviously, this was he was been on those hard tires for quite a long time. So I think in the end the pace wasn't there, but um, he did get close, but. I suppose he he tried his best, um, and it meant that in the Brazil uh, sort of scuffle between him and Verstappen didn't really matter in the end. Those points wouldn't have saved him. No, because it, it was two points that he lost out in yeah. Brazil, and then he ended up three points behind yeah. in this race. So you can say it didn't really matter, but I think it still matters. Had he, but, <laughs> yeah. had he been in a different position, I don't, I don't know. No, it could have mattered. That's it the could thing. have mattered. Yeah. Um, and it, it matters from a team perspective and a morale yeah, perspective. There's but, definitely a loss of harmony. Yeah. But now. if he'd if he'd lost by one point, there would have been the fireworks going off. So um, yes, I mean not, there were fireworks yeah, going off the anyway kind that they had. Yeah. Um, so lap 58, the checkered flag, Verstappen cruising to victory, just didn't put a foot wrong. As quite a lot of uh, he wasn't as far ahead as he has been. At no. some point, Perez come on telling. The team, Verstappen needs to yeah, increase his pace. Yeah. He's holding me back. Yeah. And um, I think that comes down to time management a little bit, maybe. Yeah, I think um, so. I think so. But, or maybe the, they just wasn't, it didn't seem quite as fast as, as they had been. Um, but it was, it was comfortable enough that they were never really under threat. No, they were never really um, under threat. And um, I know Max puts in very consistent lap times, so... He wasn't really in a fight with anyone. No, no, he's just race. managing your tyres, managing the pace, um, which was good for him. Obviously, not quite as exciting for for the rest of us, but um, that was his fifteenth win of the season, I believe. Yeah, which is in, insane. It's, yeah, it's it is nuts actually, and um, obviously he was hampered by some DNFs earlier in the season. So um, yeah, once, once they, got they that, cleared up the. Um, the the mechanical issues and the the engine problems yeah. they did it did become probably one of the most dominant cars we've ever seen yeah, yeah. but also just Although... ha- having a having a um 
I know the Mercedes, they once got like 19 races in a season, mm. but that was split more evenly between their drivers. Yeah. Whereas this has been domination over everybody, including the including teammate. his teammate, yeah. which I think is something we've not really seen that before. They got 17 wins and I think yeah. 15 were for Max and only two were for Checo. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, that's crazy. That 17 crazy. out of 22. And I know that obviously it was a very dominant car, but... Ferrari had a lot of chances to win a lot of those back um, and blew it just by strategy. Um, yeah. I mean, Monaco alone was, I think, one of their worst performances. Um, that's the, I think the there'll Leclerc be a lot, of, a lot of looking at Monaco from now <laughs> yeah. on with the qualifying um, incident. The FIA have said they're not afraid to investigate it. Yeah, I mean, I still think that's a load of rubbish. Yeah. Personally. There uh, are sources telling people <laughs> that he crashed on purpose. Sources telling Dutch journalists. Yeah. <laughs> sources very close to the Verstappen family. I just, I don't know. I just think when you look at signs behind him who does the exact same crash, yeah. I just, I think that argument falls apart. If it was an isolated thing, then we'd uh, look at it and we'd and think, if he was okay. on pole, maybe. Because I swear Leclerc's done, I swear Leclerc did this. Um, Leclerc's crashed before when he was in yeah, pole in position, pole position yeah. and then bins it to, you know, there's no investigation. No one cares that. if he did it on yeah. purpose or not. Whereas it's over third position. I mean, no one's going to do that when the, you know, your two, your rival team, both drivers are in front of you. It's nuts. It is nuts. And um, when you watch Signs do the exact same thing, you think, yeah. how you think, can? Oh, Signs wasn't how? on it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I don't think he was. Uh, I think it was the clerk first, right, and him second. Yeah, I think so. So you know, I'm not sure Signs would have done it for second place anyway. Especially Monaco, when you think that's going to be the finishing order. Um, anyway, um, we did have some some drivers that are leaving us. Some tearful goodbyes. Yeah. Um, Vettel obviously got a lot of love this race. A lot of love. Um, they went out for dinner and yeah. apparently Hamilton picked up the check. Um, very generous of him. He earns, Lovely guy. <laughs> he earns a lot of money. So I guess it wasn't too much, um, too much strain on his wallet, no, no. on his purse strings. <laughs> um, I would like to know how much it costs because my, so my dad did tell me some ridiculous amount of money and I... Well, 20 people at a posh restaurant. Because like, I swear that could he be said thousands like, of pounds. Yeah, like like thousands and thousands of pounds. Um, Apparently I, there was no alcohol. I guess maybe they couldn't oh, okay. drink. I don't know if there's I saw I day. saw a joke about um, uh, Hamilton using the company credit card and <laughs> yeah. uh, Max keep bu- kept buying bottles of fancy champagne so that they'd go over the budget cap. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> I don't know. Can you, can you drink alcohol? About what? Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm pretty sure it'd be the same as um, licensed hotels. You can. Oh, okay. Um, so maybe that was. I just heard they weren't drinking. I guess yeah. they had to drive the next day. Yeah, probably. You don't <laughs> want to drive hungover. Yeah. Um. Um. Ricardo also, um, possibly his last race in F1. Yeah, I think Ricardo's is more of a see you later, mate. Yeah, in his than, mind, <laughs> for yeah. sure. And it is rumored that he'll be a reserve. Yeah, he'll be at Red Bull. He'll probably be around the grid so it's not quite the same um and then we also have uh schumacher and latifi which we've talked about yeah um, bye latifi <laughs> bye see you never um um i'm gonna probably miss him so go much. his his rich right his dad's a billionaire yeah. i reckon he's gonna go and like buy a nutella factory because that's like <laughs> yeah. his two loves in life are like nutella and formula one yeah you've ticked one off the list so, so why not do the other lad <laughs> I reckon he could make like a 
like a Willy Wonka's chocolate factory Ooh, style yeah. thing, but just Nutella. It'd be like, like Canada's river. biggest tourist attraction. Yeah. Honestly, if I had a billion bucks, I would do some crazy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to offer us um, any examples? I would, I would buy Mercedes and I would have run them into the ground. <laughs> I would um, I would put Toto in the car and I would put Susie as his partner. I'd get them both as the Susie's drivers. Susie's great. Yeah. She's actually a racing driver, though, yeah, so she I'd might just, do all right. might do all right, yeah. Um... And I would make it so they could only drive backwards around the track. Okay. But then does someone not, like, pick them up and turn them around like in Mario Kart? (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Um, So, Ellie, driver of the day. Oh, um, I'm going for Vettel, you know. I think he's my driver of the day. Mm -hmm. He had a good drive. He finished in the points. Hmm? Just. He finished just, just in yeah, the points. But, but he know. finished in the points. Um, so, yeah. Sebastian Vettel. I, um, I think he got 56% for driver of the day on the official one. Um, and I think uh, I think it's well deserved. And I think I've got to give it to him as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, there were other good drives. Lando yeah. had a good drive. Lando. Lance Stroll finished ahead of Sebastian Vettel. Yeah. But... You know, I prefer Sebastian Vettel, so I'm going to give it to him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I think, uh, obviously, Alonso was doing quite well before he his car sort of broke down again. Yeah. Um, and I feel kind of guilty for that one. Obviously, it was my fault. But, yeah, yes. for Vettel's last drive, you got to give it to him. Um, uh, so, before we do our lovely final thoughts, best segment of the, of the day... Um, Preseason starts the 23rd of the 2nd, 2023, in three months' time. It's a long time, Harry. I'm going to miss you. I'm, I'm going to miss you a lot because obviously, I don't know if our audience knows this, but we only talk when we record this podcast. Yeah, we live together, but we, we're in silence. Yeah, because we don't, this is all gold. We don't want to waste that gold outside of the recording sessions. Or so. waste it on the other people we well, live exactly. with. Exactly. They don't deserve you know, it. Do they, just, no, they don't deserve no, this quality they don't entertainment. Um, Final thoughts. Final thoughts. Last one of the year. My final thoughts for this race are as follows. Lewis Hamilton has been outscored by his teammate for only the third time. Oh my gosh. In the history of Formula One. And it's also his first season ever in Formula One not to get a win. Yes, first season not to get a win, which is an incredible statistic mm-hmm. that he yeah, I mean, he won in every single season. But I think we have to consider the fact, is Hamilton a washed up old fart? Is he? Is he? Should he be on the track? When we're making these comparisons with Lando and Daniel, should, should we Latifi be Latifi ta- take his seat? Should Latifi? That is a good point. And I just think no one's talking about it. But then Alonso was also outscored by his teammate. But then we, we spoke about he had that. all those DNFs. Oh, well, Hamilton only had one. one. Yeah. Well, no, he had more than one. He had crashes, right? Maybe not. Oh, yeah, but that's on him. <laughs> but that's on him. <laughs> I mean, mechanical out of his control. Because obviously yeah. we know Hamilton is a very dangerous driver. So um, my, my final thought... dangerous driving, man. ...is that Lewis is um, the best racing driver to have graced the sport, but... Now he's the worst. Now he's washed up. Yeah. No, I love you, Lewis. He's not going to come on this podcast. He might come on this podcast. Susie Fowler, what might come on the podcast? Oh, uh, no. We might get Vettel now. He's, he's got a lot of free time. Yeah. 
better if you're listening, buddy. It's a nice city, York, you we know. We both gave you driver of the day. We both did, yeah. That's worth something. I don't I mean, know, we might have like said something mean in other episodes. Something slightly racist about Germans. I would never say something like that. <laughs> I'm not I'm just saying it's possible. <laughs> I mean anything is you know? on this podcast, who knows? Yeah, I mean we did cut loose Mitchell, but you know, Or did Mitchell cut us loose? My final thoughts are <laughs> um, my final thoughts are this has been uh, a really wonderful experience to uh, share this podcast uh, the the responsibility of hosting this podcast with you Ellie oh thank you so much um, it's really made the season come alive definitely um, but I think it's really important to come back to the main the main point the main focus is that Red Bull are winners and Mercedes are losers big big losers and therefore so are you and therefore I'm, I'm a not- winner I'm not a Mercedes fan. I'm a McLaren fan. <laughs> okay. So I'm an even worse loser. Yeah. yeah, but we both share that losing, so I think we can put that to one side. Um, maybe next year, TM. Maybe M- McLaren will... They, will they were my big hope for this year. But, um, we did get our hopes up quite a bit with a four-way yeah. championship battle that never quite materialised. Yeah. Yeah, our predictions were way off. Yeah, so we will cover our predictions uh, in our season review. Uh, we'll be coming up shortly um, and we'll see what we got right what we got wrong mostly what we got wrong yeah um, we've lost a lot you know our host our integrity yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, thousands of pounds we've poured into this production yeah the marketing is the oh my part. gosh we really are just pouring in the money um, if anyone wants to donate we'll <laughs> yeah we need some sponsors me. if there's any cryptocurrency uh, companies out there vape. I'll plug I'll plug the chip in yeah, there we go. If anyone wants some lovely fish and chips, hmm? head down to Mayland <laughs> for the chip in, the finest chip shop in Essex. Lovely. That's a million pound sponsorship there. So yeah, that'll, cough that'll up, see Dave. us through a few more episodes. <laughs> um, uh, for now, uh, this has been the Rear Wing in an F1 podcast with me, Harry McKay. And me, Ellie Ledwell. Thank you for listening. 